brokers who are going to really have a lot of that information. So I would recommend that you consider to work through a broker and try to build loyalty, build a relationship with some of your more active brokers because they're really going to be a goldmine for you. Real quick, before the episode, I want to give you a gift of 25% off. And that gift actually is from TransUnion Smart Move. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. Because as landlords, we tend to be most concerned with getting paid on time. You might also know that hundreds of thousands of landlords have to deal with the headaches of evicting tenants each year. Evicting a tenant can be painful, costing as much as $10,000 in court costs and legal fees, and take as long as four weeks to complete. What if there's a trusted way to help prevent the headaches of dealing with evicting a tenant? Make the smart move right from the start. Smart Move's online tenant screening solution can help you quickly understand if you're getting a reliable tenant, which will help you avoid potential problems such as non-payment and evictions. For a limited time, listeners of this podcast are invited to try Smart Move tenant screening for 25% off. Here's how Smart Move can help you find your next great tenant. Make a more informed decision with Smart Move's proprietary credit score built specifically for tenant screening, which predicts evictions 15% better than a typical credit score. Reduce non-payment risk with Smart Move's Income Insights Report, which enables you to analyze the applicant's income within minutes and determine if additional income verification is needed. Get critical information quickly with a full credit report, criminal background, and eviction history report. With over 5 million screenings completed, SmartMove can help you make a better leasing decision for your rental property. If you own a rental property, SmartMove can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hi, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I am Theo Hicks. I'll be hosting the podcast today. And I am with today's guest, Tyler Chesser. Tyler, how are you doing today? Theo, it's great to be with you, sir. I'm doing great. How about yourself? I am doing great as well. I'm looking forward to our conversation. A little bit about Tyler before we jump into our conversation. He is a commercial real estate broker, personal development thought leader, and multifamily investor. He's done a total transaction amount of over $50 million in real estate investment deals. He's based in Louisville, Kentucky. And to learn more about him and to say hi to him, you can visit his website at tylerchesser.com. So before we dive into it, Tyler, can you give us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure. When I got started in my professional career, I was doing international marketing for a Fortune 500 firm and it was a great way to get started. And really the reason why I got into that is because I was always fascinated with decision-making behind consumer behavior. And as I got into that, I grew a lot in that business. However, I, I recognized so many limitations in terms of being in that corporate environment. And I started to recognize that my corporate climb was going to be a very long and slow one. So I started to sort of identify what are some other options for me in terms of how I can maybe do some timeline hopping and expand my capabilities from a financial perspective as well as just choice perspective in my life. So long story short, I ended up getting into real estate and I got my broker's license about six years ago and started selling property. And I kind of built my business on a one by one basis and 
got referred and grew my business through referral and started to sell multifamily properties as well as retail office land and some industrial as well. So really I've built my business from there and then also invested in myself, whether it was personal development or investing in properties myself, multifamily properties, and then also investing in my own personal and professional development, whether it's CCIM or coaching or what have you. But that's really kind of been my path, so to speak, for the past 10, 11 years or so. Well, when you initially got your broker's license, were you still working a full-time corporate job? I was, yeah. And it's funny because when I got my license, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to sell houses on the side because I was actually, I'd purchased a house a couple years before that. And I decided, you know, maybe I can do that and make some extra cash. And I did that. And I actually doubled my income within that first year. So I got to a point where I said, well, okay, now I got a choice to make. I felt like I had a pretty good job, but at the same time, I felt like I was on a path that maybe had some more opportunities for growth. And so I decided to take the plunge there and had some other opportunities that gave me some more credibility, I think, and also gave me some more stability in that business. And so I decided to jump in full time after about a year of doing it on the side. That's interesting because I know a lot of people that are interested in real estate investing. The big thing is quitting your full time job and and doing real estate full time. So you kind of want to walk us through how are you able to double your income in that first year by not necessarily focusing on real estate full-time? Like how are you able to to kind of balance your full-time job and growing such a a large business selling real estate? It was definitely not easy. I had to get up early. I had to work late. I had to spend nights and weekends either showing property or gaining my understanding in my business. So I would wake up at 4 a.m. before I had to be in at work at my main job at 9 a.m. So I'd be up at four and kind of working on at least either my understanding. I actually had a coach at the time who was helping me get acclimated in the real estate business. And so I would do a lot of the things that he directed me towards doing and spending my time on those various things. And so it took a lot, really. I mean, honestly, I I set a goal for myself of a date that I wanted to become full time in the business. And I exceeded that. And I was able to make that happen a little bit earlier than I expected. But It was certainly a sacrifice to be able to build my clientele from a one-on-one perspective. I would show properties to one client on a Tuesday evening and the next day we'd be making offers. And by the end of that weekend, we're doing inspections and those kind of things. So it was a big time sacrifice, but that's really kind of the behind the scenes of what I did. That's interesting. You know, anyone who's listening, it sounds like it is possible to go from not really being involved in real estate at all to being able to replace that full-time income in a year if you if you hustle for it. So right now you said you work with some multifamily investors and, and I personally am trying to get into the multifamily realm. This is more of a personal question. I know a lot of people listening are as well. So what's your decision making process when someone comes to you and they're interested in buying multifamily, they haven't done a deal before, what, what type of things do you look for in that individual to decide whether you're going to work with them or whether you're going to pass on working with them? Well, first of all, I think a lot of people, it's kind of a hot topic for the day for people to say, hey, you know, I think you should start big and go big. And a lot of people do that in some ways. And and I really don't think it's the best idea. So in my opinion, I do recommend if people are getting into multifamily to kind of start smaller to learn, because I know personally, my first multifamily deal, when I did it, I made every mistake in the book when I invested in my first deal and certainly painful, but I wasn't put out of the game because it wasn't a massive deal. But I think it's worthwhile to start small. And then once you kind of build your systems, you build your team, you build your understanding, then go larger because certainly you do have 
economies of scale that are extremely valuable. So that's what I would say first, as far as my recommendation for people who are getting into that business. But as far as how I evaluate potential clients in that space, I evaluate people who are, are they willing to be realistic? Are they willing to learn? Are they willing to understand and realize how challenging it can be at times, but also what it really takes? What kind of cash do you have on hand? What type of financing discussions have you had? What type of properties are you looking at specifically yourself? And where do you want to be? And what are your goals? Really, goals are extremely important. I think if you have somebody who has clarity and someone who's willing to achieve clarity through consultation with myself or maybe someone on my team, I think those are things that I look for for somebody who's getting started in the multifamily. That's solid advice. Are you typically helping people sell their properties or are you also helping people find multifamily deals as well? We do both. We work with multifamily investors from all over the United States as well as internationally acquire and dispose of multifamily as well as other commercial real estate investment assets in Kentucky and Indiana, and primarily in the Louisville submarkets surrounding here. So you've got Southern Indiana as well as Louisville proper, and we've got 13 surrounding counties. So that's where we're most knowledgeable and where we find most of our deals. But we do work with folks who are acquiring and building their portfolio, as well as people who maybe they're downsizing or they're expanding their portfolio through exchanges. So we're really kind of the consultants for our clients in whatever way. And so we have discussions with our clients, whether or not they're making moves, but we certainly can make those deals happen, whether it is an on-market or off-market transaction. In fact, over the past few years, we've done a tremendous amount of off-market transactions. And really, it is all about knowing kind of what's going on on the street and what conversations are being had on a daily basis. And even right at this moment, I mean, there's so many different things that It's all about relationships and it's all about what sort of market knowledge you have. And that's one thing that we've been blessed to be able to obtain over the years is people who have trusted us and entrusted us with information on things that they're thinking of doing and and us kind of coming in and helping them expand their portfolio or whatever, resize it in whatever way that makes most sense for them and their outcome and their goals. So do you mind kind of walking us through high level what your strategies are for generating these off-market leads or even on-market leads, I guess just deals in general, specifically multifamily, and then maybe kind of give us a specific example of one of the better deals that you found and sold to a client. Sure. So we're a part of many different organizations, real estate networking organizations, and you'd be very surprised to know how many deals are done just by having a conversation either over a cup of coffee, lunch, or over a drink at a bar. I mean, people are saying, hey, you know, I, I, I would consider doing X, Y, and Z, and send a few text messages. And then next thing you know, you've got a deal done. So it's really interesting how that happens. But it is really all about relationships when it comes to off market. When it comes to on market, certainly we're sourcing deals from many different locations, whether it's our local platform, we utilize Catalyst, or whether it's a national platform such as LoopNet, or otherwise, really, that's one of the big challenges in the brokerage space is it's such a fragmented business. And there's so many different platforms where people are marketing deals. So it makes it challenging, but we have our eyes really everywhere and we've got auto searches set up and we have filters and all these different things for all of our clients. And so when we have discussions, we have large databases that we're inputting information and we're keeping our clients abreast of opportunities very frequently and informing them of what type of opportunities are coming available on or off market. And really at this point in the market, people have to move extremely quickly. So we try our best to communicate that, that we've got to really be acting quickly 
but it's all about really over communication. That's one of our core values is if we're not certain that someone has received a piece of information. We've got a whatever way we need to get in touch with them, whether it's a call or a text or even a Zoom call like we're doing right now. I mean, we do a lot of that and we try to get that information out, but it is somewhat of a fragmented process, but we do our very best to get the information, whether it is something that is nationally or globally marketed or something that is written on the back of a napkin in your local bar. And then do you mind giving us a specific example of the most recent off-market deal and how you found it and sure. um, it's kind of the story behind that? Absolutely. So this morning, actually, right before I got on this call with you, we had a group that gave me a call and said, hey, look, we've got this property. It's 36 units and we'd like to place it and here's the details on it. They sent us over a commission agreement. They'd like to get it done off market. There's some reasons why they don't want to go to market. And it's really, it has to do with their operations and some of the details there, but it's really more of a call and says, Hey, look, do you have anyone who's interested in this? And it was a 36 unit deal and it's got an assumable note in really attractive terms. It's a Freddie Mac assumable deal. So that's a great example of this is a pure phone call. Hey, I know you've done some deals for us before. And we know that you have an extensive network, so we'd love to find that out. But it's a great example. But we also have pitch sessions with other brokers and investors where people will say, you know, I've got this property. I'd consider letting it go, but I'd like to 1031 exchange into this type of asset. And here's my criteria. So do you have anyone who's a taker? And we do that stuff every single week as well. So, I mean, you name it, it happens extremely frequently, but that's the most recent example was just right before this call. We got a call exactly on, here's the details, here's where it is, here's the rent roll, here's the T12, can you get it done? Yes, no, all right, perfect, let's do it. Uh, thank you for sharing that example. Last question before we get to the money question. Since you are obviously a broker, but you also invest yourself, what are your thoughts on investors going out and finding deals themselves versus just using a broker to find the deals for them? Well, I certainly think everyone has their own strategy and, and some strategies work better than others for some individuals. But I think in our business, since it is so fragmented and it's so, you have a really huge requirement to have deep and extensive relationships for the most part in most markets, your brokers are going to be really the gatekeepers on that. So I think I would probably recommend for the most of your listeners to be working through brokers because that's where they're going to find the best opportunities those calls like I just got right before the, the phone call here with you today doesn't normally happen for the most part for just kind of your, your average individual investor. So these are kind of deal sources through most of your markets. And I think most markets have probably your top five to six brokers who are going to really have a lot of that information. So I would recommend that you consider to work through a broker and try to build loyalty, build a relationship with some of your more active brokers because they're really going to be a goldmine for you. All right, Tyler, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? My best ever investing advice is really to build relationships and build long-term relationships and focus on how you can add value to the other person because it's a people business, whether or not we like it, it's certainly properties and numbers and cash flow and IRR and cash on cash. But at the end of the day, it's a people business and how can you help someone else achieve their ends is really how you're going to be able to achieve your own ends. All right. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. All right. First, a quick word from our sponsor. 
If you own a rental property, TransUnion Smart Move can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. What if you could earn 10000 per month net cash flow for life? Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy. Gene Corino teaches you how to take a single family house and turn it into a cash flow machine. Visit ralacademy.com to learn more. All right, Tyler, what's the best ever book you've recently read? Well, I'm a huge reader, and I would say recently my favorite book that I've read is Ben Franklin's biography by Walter Isaacson. I loved it. If your business collapsed today, what would you do next? I think if my business collapsed, I would be an author because I enjoy writing, and I, like I said, I love reading. So maybe I can put something out there of value, but I think that's what I would do. Have you written a book yet? Release I'm book? in the process right now, actually. Nice. Well, we've released three books. If you need tips, feel free to reach out. I would love tips. I love that. Thank you. How would you start over if you had little or no capital? If I started over with little or no capital, I would focus on one relationship at a time. And what I can do to kind of sweat equity, get my foot in the door. What is the worst deal that you've done? The worst deal I've ever done is I bought an eightplex when I got started in my investing business and i made every single mistake. I mean, the financing that I put on the deal was terrible. I managed it myself for a while, which was not a good idea with all the other things I had going on. And I made a lot of mistakes on the contracting and the rehab and all that, but I learned very valuable lessons, so I don't regret it, but I made many, many mistakes. What about the best deal you've ever done? Currently, I'm under acquisition for an apartment building, and I think it's the best ever deal that I've ever done because we're getting basically the entire rehab budget that we've put together to be contributed by the seller on this deal. So we're really, really excited about that. I feel like it's a home run, especially in a tight market. So I think that's the best deal I've ever done. How did that happen? Well, it was kind of a distressed situation. The owner actually passed away and it's it's an estate sale. And so there's a lot of distressed qualities of the asset and we were able to kind of utilize a lot of that to our advantage. And certainly I think that our negotiation was relevant because there were an overwhelming amount of challenges. But with what we have as far as our partnership and the capabilities that we have, we think that we're able to accomplish a little bit better cost of renovation than others would be through an internal rehab team and such. So it made sense for the seller to contribute in that manner, but it also makes it a heck of a deal for us. And then lastly, what's the best ever place to reach you? The best ever place to reach me would be on my website, tylerchester.com. And then you can also subscribe there. So if you go to tylerchester.com slash subscribe, that's the best place we do a connection newsletter. And it's a great way to stay in touch, but also on Instagram at the Tyler Chester as well as Twitter at the Tyler Chesser. And we will have Tyler's website in the show notes. Uh, well, Tyler, I appreciate you coming on and uh, talking with you today just to kind of quickly summarize what we discussed. First, you told us how you were able to double your income in your first year selling houses on the side, which is an amazing feat. I guess the reasons why you were able to do that was just you hustled. You got up early, stayed up late, worked weekends, and had a, a coach to kind of guide you along the way. And you also talked about the importance of having a quit date in mind when you wanted to go full-time and how you were actually able to achieve that much sooner than you expected. 
Yep. Uh, you also gave advice to anyone who's just getting into real estate to start smaller, to kind of learn the process, set up systems, build your team, understand before you go big. And once you're ready to actually invest in multifamily, from the broker's perspective, they're going to want to know, are you realistic? Are you willing to learn? And then also what upfront work have you put in already? What kind of cash you have on hand? Have you talked to lenders? What kind of properties you're looking for? What are your goals? We talked about how you are able to find your deals. Off-market is just through relationships. You gave us an example of how you find a deal this morning from someone reaching out to you. And then from an on-market perspective, just kind of going on those local and national online platforms where people are posting their deals. We also talked about whether you think people should use a broker or go about it themselves. Your advice was since the brokers are most likely going to have those deep relationships, they're going to be the kind of the gatekeepers in the market. So your advice is to work through those brokers. And then on a similar note, your best ever advice was to focus on building those long-term relationships with others. And more importantly, and I totally agree with this, is focusing on how you can actually add value to the other person instead of just expecting them to work with you without really giving anything to them back. So I appreciate you coming on the show today again and speaking with us today, Tyler. Thank you to everyone who's listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. What if you could earn 10000 per month net cash flow for life? Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy. Gene Corino teaches you how to take a single family house and turn it into a cash flow machine. Visit ralacademy.com to learn more.